um, going on with the nerves in your eye. I want you to see a specialist. And so he goes to see a specialist. And um, long story short, the specialist says, hey, after the scan, you have a brain tumor and, and we need to operate in three days. And we're 21 years old. I am three days away, literally three days away from taking the MCAT to get into medical school. Hey, it's Zach, and I'm back with another episode of Elevate and Accelerate. And today I am super excited to be talking with a subject matter expert, Dr. Crystal Nelson. So I'll introduce her bio in a little bit here, but uh, we've been talking a lot about story and the impact of story uh, in your life and in your business and things like that. And today uh, I'm talking with somebody who uh, is a distinguished medical authority uh, and entrepreneur in the realm of mental health. Uh, so Dr. Nelson is the CEO and founder of two home-based Georgia companies. That's Blueprint Psychiatry and Blueprint TMS and Wellness Centers of America. So she is at the forefront of her industry, literally revolutionizing behavioral health treatment with patient-centered approach. So her approach uniquely combines genetics, cutting-edge technology, and nutritional coaching to produce exceptional outcomes in her clients. And she has helped transform countless lives and set a new standard in her field. Dr. Crystal has appeared nationally on headline news with CNN and Fox. She has been featured in articles for Working Mom, Voyage ATL, Canvas Rebel, and Atlanta Magazine. And she is recognized as a leading expert, earning the title of Top Doc Atlanta 2023 in the field of psychiatry. She has treated thousands of patients over her career, including celebrities and public figures. And today she is a sought after speaker, captivating audiences from coast to coast with topics on entrepreneurship, self-care, pharmacogenomics, depression, anxiety, grief, PTSD, and the work-life balance. She has recently published her own guidebook entitled A Blueprint to Better Mental Health, and is collaborating with Lisa Nichols on her next book too. So uh, Dr. Crystal, thank you so much for joining me today. Thanks, Zach. I am so excited to be here. Yeah. And that's, a, that's a wild, it's so wild hearing an introduction of yourself. I don't think that anybody <laughs> ever can get used to hearing their own uh, accolades because all you can hear is in between that what really happened. <laughs> uh, I, I hear that all the time and like, it's true. And it's like, when I go through and read these things, people, a lot of times are just like, man, like that was really long. Like, why did you, why did it, why was it so yeah. long? Um, and it's like, yeah. well, this is really setting the tone because the reality is, is that you've accomplished so many great things, um, over the last 15 years and even more. Um, and so, you know, I'm really excited to be talking with you today about, your journey um, to, to what brought you here today and, and kind of where you're going to. So, um, so let's start there. Um, I know uh, just based on our own conversations and some of the things that we talked about that, um, you know, you were set on this path uh, to helping other people and to getting into the field of psychiatry. And so why don't you tell me a little bit about your journey to what had you starting your businesses and, and helping so many people? Yeah, yeah. And I think journey is really the appropriate word because it is been a journey when you hear your 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 bio or an intro it sounds like a, a ladder and it's uh, absolutely not that it's more like going up falling down going up falling down the whole thing 
Um, but just just a little bit. I mean, I, I grew up in uh, rural Virginia. So I grew up in like a one stoplight kind of town okay. uh, in Port Royal, Virginia, where the only uh, claim to fame that Port Royal, Virginia has is it's the place where John Wilkes Booth, who assassinated Abraham Lincoln, fled and was captured. So not, not a whole lot happening. <laughs> so not a whole lot happening in Port Royal, Virginia, but grew up there with mom and dad, three, uh, two sisters, those three girls and um you know, now as an adult, I can look back and tell the story and realize that we were, you know, low, lower income. But at the time, I didn't know that. I, I didn't know that. I felt like we had everything that we, we needed. Um, and uh, when I was really young, probably I had to be five or six. Uh, my grandmother, who was pretty influential in my life, my grandmother was telling me her dreams of wanting to become a nurse. And I thought, oh, wow, nanny, I, I could be a nurse, too. And she says, no, baby, you, you don't have to be a nurse. You can be the doctor. And so I, from there, kind of uh, set my sights on that. And the only doctor I'd ever seen was on the Cosby show. Um, you know, Heathcliff Huxtable is the only doctor I'd ever seen um, that looked like me. But I, I decided really young that that was what I was going to do. And um, and then went forward. Now, there, there were lots of turns and twists, of course, in accomplishing that. But um, when I got to the point of choosing uh, psychiatry, that was really, really out of the blue. I decided I was going to be an OBGYN when I was five years old because I was mm -hmm. the only doctor that I knew that I could be that I had seen. And then when I uh, was in medical school and, and it's time and I'm going forward to be an OBGYN, one of my attendings said, you know, you spend way too much time caring about uh, whether or not the mothers are connecting with the babies and, and if mm -hmm. they are bonding. So she said, have you ever thought of psychiatry? And I said, oh, there's no way I'll do that. All, all I knew about psychiatry from medical school was um, the state hospital with the psychotic patients. And I thought, no, that's not for me. Uh, she said, you should give it a shot. And um, that was really one of the best choices I ever made because psychiatry was um, really the idea of being a doctor that I had where I could treat the whole person. So the spiritual, the medical, the, um, the physical, all, all of it was uh, incorporated in the field of psychiatry. So uh, when I started my own company, my desire was to to help people feel just empowered that they were the architects of their own mind, that they could design it because what was being put out there in the field of psychiatry was just mostly just medication, mm. just, just getting medication. And, and I knew that people wanted and needed more than just medication. Um, yeah. we, could, we couldn't treat people without taking into account how they eat, their, their faith, their spirituality, all of those things have to do with our well-being. So um, how I got to knowing that was a series of fortunate and unfortunate events for myself personally. But I think it came, um, it was appropriate for me to get to where I am to, to do the business that I'm doing and serving the people that I'm serving now. Yeah. And I've, I believe that to be true, like all of us in our own ways have to go through our own journeys, right? Our, our own dark nights of the soul, if you will, where uh, we sort of come face to face with these challenges that we 
you know, are not sure whether or not we can overcome. Um, and so a lot of the things that I've even talked about, um, and I know that we've talked about offline too, is, is sort of how, uh, we're all on this quest on this journey. And like you said, like we have the ability to be the authors of our own story, the architect and the designer of, of what we want those outcomes to be. So, um, so I imagine too, that on some level, like there was, um, there was like a walking through the shadows, um, that, that you had to go through in order to really be able to, um, want to have it and desire to, and then understand how this holistic approach can really impact the lives of the people that you work with. Right. So, um, can you share a little bit with me on, on sort of what your process was into getting to that place? Yeah. So I decided, like I said, early on that I wanted to be a doctor. I had no clue at all. And this is probably good. <laughs> I had no <laughs> clue what it took to become a doctor. I, I had no idea of how, how much school you had to go through the whole thing. Um, but I decided that that was what I was going to do. And that was pretty concrete. Now in that process, I did something that, and I have children now, so it's kind of wild because I would flip out, but I decided, you know, that I was going to marry my high school sweetheart. We had met when we were 14 years old, we were in love. He proposed in high school and, and we're going off to college and we're going to get married and, uh, we did that. So we, we did just that, got into college. We go off, we're 21 and get married senior year of college. And within uh, less than seven months after finishing college, um, we had moved and we he had stepped on his glasses and broke his glasses playing basketball. So he went to the eye doctor to get new glasses. And we're 21, mind you. I was telling people we're 21. So he goes and he gets new glasses. And the doctor says, hey, there's something um, going on with the nerves in your eye. I want you to see a specialist. And so he goes to see a specialist. And um, long story short, the specialist says, hey, after the scan, you have a brain tumor. And, and we need to operate in three days. Wow. And we're 21 years old. Yeah. I am three days away, literally three days away from taking the MCAT to get into medical school. And, you know, all of this happened. So I take the MCAT. I have literally to this day no memory of taking the MCAT. Obviously, I did. But um, it, he goes and he has a surgery. I take the MCAT. He has the surgery. And we, from there, start on this journey of our relationship of the next 11 years, him having cancer. Mm. So wow. he, he gets a diagnosis, they remove it, remove the tumor. And then for years, we go through chemo, radiation, surgeries, medical school, a kid, the, the whole works while all of this turmoil is happening in, in the background. But I look back and I think, one of the things that didn't change is I never changed the end of the story. Hmm. I, I, ne I never changed the end of the story that I was going to become a doctor. Hmm. No matter what was happening, that wasn't an option for me not to become a, a doctor. I would say his illness probably fueled me even more because then I wanted to know how to help him. I wanted to, to understand medically what I could do. To, to help him be here. He was told he had one year to live and ended up living for another 11 years with cancer. 
So, um, you know, all, all of the things that could happen that would have taken me out of getting to become a doctor were necessary. Those were the things that sharpened me into the doctor um, that my patients needed me to be. I mean, you know, what an incredible story. I mean, um, I can't imagine, like, I I honestly, it's so hard to imagine what, what getting that diagnosis, you know, as a couple at 21, right? Like I remember when I was 21, like that, uh, I thought I knew everything and I, I knew nothing, right. It's like, and then life hits you and here you are on this journey. And like you said, it's like you, um, a lot of times in those situations, I feel like myself included in many different areas of my life, it's like without that clear vision and goal of, of where you want to go and what you want to do, it's easy to then like start telling yourself a story of like, well, then I'm just not meant to be a doctor. Like I'm just not meant to do this. Right. And so you just run, you play this through your head and then you don't do what you say you're going to do. And then here you are like not having not lost that focus. Um, still got 11, 12 years with your husband with that diagnosis, right? And and then have been able to build an amazing practice and and are now, you know, speaking and helping other people and empowering other people. Like, um, what, a, what a great example of how, you know, just not letting the story be written for you, right? But but keeping in control of that. Absolutely. Just, t- just taking control of it. And, 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 and what is important to note in that is, it really was a conscious decision. So it wasn't just like, hey, I'm just going to keep going. And and that was something easy. Like you said, the thoughts of, well, maybe I'm not meant to do this. <laughs> maybe this is just too much. Of course, those thoughts came, but it was a conscious decision to say, no, that's, that's not how I want it to turn out. Mm-hmm. And then especially later on when he passed away and then I'm a, a single mother with a little girl, it was truly a conscious decision to say, I am going to show her all the possibilities that you can go through these things and still have joy, still have happiness, still have goals that you meet and um, you accomplish. So it was a conscious decision. It's a conscious decision every day to, to keep going forward because it is not easy every single step of that at all. So, huh. yeah. I mean, I feel like you obviously being an expert in this field have such a a deeper and wider understanding of all the different things that are at play in somebody's body, uh, in their mind, in their spirit. Right. Um, and I think that's one of the, one of the biggest things that I've been realizing in my own journey is just how much your mind, body, and spirit all play together. Right. It's not just one, it's not just the other. And so one of the things that we had talked about, um, even just right before hopping on here was the difference between psychology and psychologist and psychiatrist, which is something that maybe the public doesn't know that much. I wasn't aware of, of all the intricacies between it, but can, can you do two things? One to kind of describe the difference between the two and then how in your psychiatric practice and, and what you're doing there, it does pull in like all of these different elements of mind, body, and spirit to really help people affect their outcomes, um, and be in control of those outcomes. Yeah, yeah. I think that the major difference just noted between the psychiatrist and the psychologist is just the training that we receive. So a uh, psychiatrist, I'm a psychiatrist. So psychiatrists, we go through medical school just like every other medical doctor and you go through all the specialties 
and then you you choose which uh, of the specialties that you will do, and then you go for further training. But there's a lot of the medical components because we can prescribe medications. You gain the psychology. So in your training, you learn the psychology or, or the understanding of human behavior, but you have the ability to influence by way of medical intervention. Psychologists are, are going to go to graduate school, get a PhD. They're going to definitely learn probably far more than we do on the psychology of the way that people think, but they're not able to prescribe medications or to um, intervene on the, the other aspects, the medical aspects. What was so appealing to me about psychiatry was that it had all of it. So mm -hmm. I got I got to understand and was trained on how to understand all the medical components, but then later in residency learned the, the psychology behind why people do what they do, why they think the way that they think, and then in, in treatment on a day-to-day -day basis, I get to, I'm, I'm free to do it all. I'm free to talk to them about their spirituality, their, their, the medications, their, their family, their background, the psychology of why they think. And so for me, and I didn't know that when I said I wanted to be a doctor at five years old, I had no <laughs> idea um, that I wanted to do that. But I, I knew that being a doctor for me meant I needed to talk to the whole person. Mm. And psychiatry was the fit for me where I got to talk to the whole person and treat the whole person, not just one symptom here at a time. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, uh, that's helpful at least to understand kind of how you can bring all those things in, like you were talking about with genetics and, you know, and, yeah. and how, and brain chemistry and medications. And uh, you even mentioned yeah. like magnets and, you know, it's like, yeah, that's fascinating. Yeah. It's fascinating, right? <laughs> I still get fascinated by it, which is which is still good after all these years. It, it's exciting um, to look at because and what and to your point of of storytelling, you know, if you can tell the story in the way that you want it to go, you influence everything. And and sometimes the story that we are telling is informed by false thought. You know, I can tell myself a story that you might say, well, that's not what happened. And you tell a different story. So getting people to get insight into how they tell their story, why they believe what they believe, sometimes that's influenced by, um, you know, difficult situations, trauma, things that have happened. But you can decide that, hey, I want to tell the story a different way. I want to come out as the, the hero, the triumphant at the, at the end of this thing. I can, I can change it up. So um, it, it's exciting. And, and to know that that's not just... Um, well, it's not woo-woo stuff. That's a, that. That's not a medical term, but it, it, you <laughs> chemically, you know, you chemically can think a thought, and chemically there are changes happening in your brain and in your body that are happening for you then to have that feeling, to then have that behavior. That's real stuff, and there's a lot of power in it when you understand that you have the ability to control that. I um. I love that you said that because I talk about um, how when we, so I talk about uh, how story is in, in, we find our roots in history, right? Like storytelling can go all the way back to like the Cro-Magnon and Ice Age era, right? Where right. they were cave drawings and telling stories to pass on information and knowledge and, you know, and survival. Um, and then it, it, and then it transformed, like as technology changed, as societies evolved, the art of storytelling has changed, but like, we are still story storytellers, like, and it's not just rooted in our history and, and a part of who we are. 
it's also like chemically, like when we hear a good story or when we watch a movie, it's like the mirror neurons in our brain are firing. And so like, we're feeling the emotions that they're feeling. We're, we're, uh, our brain waves are in sync. Like that's just like chemically oxytocin and dopamine and all these other things are being released. And it's like, it's, it's, we are literally wired for story. And so if we tell ourselves, if we're sitting in here telling ourselves, you know, woe is me, I'm not capable, I'm not good enough. And that's the story we're reinforcing that chemically and emotionally and physically within our bodies, like over and over and yeah. over again. Yeah, absolutely. And then ultimately manifesting just that. So, mm. you know, I, I tell clients often, you know, the, the, I can't say hocus pocus necessarily in there would immediately be some type of magical thing that would, would happen. But my words are, are magic. I mean, it is it is magic. I can think a thought long enough, focus on it, then feel that feeling, then have the behaviors that bring that thing into my life. That is magical. Mm. That is exactly what we all do, good or bad, though. And that's where we kind of get caught up, of, of course, where we can spend so much time in the negative thought and then wonder why the outcome is the way that it is, because that is the predominant thought that's going to then be the predominant story. And it's, it's really um, it's really rewarding for me when I am talking to clients or working with them and I see that light bulb come on or that switch that happens once they realize oh I, I could just change the story mm. I, I could just change how I'm telling this I had a client this is an example this recently happened I had a client of mine who unfortunately had gone on a trip and was was drugged she was given a date rape drug oh wow and she was just very distraught um, very anxious about leaving out of her house after that and going out and being social. And we talked about it and I said, so we can tell this story to ourselves that I was drugged and, and I could have been taken advantage of and all the things, or you can tell this story as I was drugged. However, I was not assaulted because I had family members that were uh, with me who saved me from the situation. I then have followers. This is a particular client who has followers. I, and then I went onto my platform and I shared what happened to me and I prevented other women from being drugged. I mean, you can tell that story in a lot of different ways. You can tell it where you feel the victim or you could tell the story where you're the heroine of the story. And, and now, you have changed the outcome and it had an impact on other people. And we all have the opportunity to do that hmm. on anything and everything. It's how we're going to choose to uh, how we're going to choose our perspective. I, um, I, there's this quote that always like rattles around in my brain and I'm, and I, I'm not sure who said it. Um, so maybe we could find it and put it in post-processing, okay. but, um, but it, it's uh, your perception is reality. Right. And, and uh, there's, there's some, there's some truth to that. There's probably some ways you could pick that apart and say that it's not true, but it's this idea that like, like our reality is subjective to us. Like, and, and when we look at it, we have the power to, to frame that story however we want. And the problem is, is that 
a lot of times like you're talking about is we take the stories of our past, even past traumas um, and, and hardships that we've gone through, abuse and other things which are are damaging and hurtful and, and you know, painful and, and do affect right. us like but as adults and as we get older, we have the ability to go back and reframe that story like to to not look at it as the thing that holds us back, but the thing that can propel us forward. Right. And you've lived that and you've helped thousands of clients do that, too. And so um, what I would love to, to hear, and, and I imagine you you talk about a lot of this from stage, right, like how you empower people and inspire them to to go out and do this kind of stuff. And so like what as we're talking about it, like what are some simple things that we could do to kind of recognize those stories that we're telling ourselves and then maybe even shift them in some way? Well, I that's a good question because I think that your your feelings are always your GPS system on mm -hmm. things. So, you know, if I have an, have an experience that happened to me and I'm retelling that story for the third or fourth time, because we'll tell the same stories again and again, and I'm telling the story for the third or fourth time. And every single time I've, I tell that story, I go back into the to the sadness, I go back into the space and I can't get out of that, then there's an opportunity there for you to say, how can I retell this story? So when I tell this story at the end of telling that story to someone, I feel triumphant. I feel like I've, I've come to the other side. How do I tell this story that it would inspire someone else to not go through or to make some of the same choices I would have made that may have led to a different outcome. So you you can do that by way of just your feelings. So anybody can start with that. If they have trauma, they've gone through um, just a, a, a harrowing experience, that experience without knowing whatever what it is, whatever it may be, I'm sure is the experience that sharpened you, that helped you grow, that helped you to become better. And so tell that story again and again until you can tell it from the standpoint at the end, you feel triumphant. Like, yeah, I did that. Mm. Wow, I went through that and now I'm still talking to you. Mm. You, you know, so so just practically starting with that, well, how, how does it make you feel? Are you still in that victim mentality that this thing happened to me? Or are you in the, or have you transitioned to the point where you can say that thing happened but that wasn't my life. That was like you mentioned as a chapter. That was a piece. That was a part of the story. That's not the mm. end. It's not the last page. Mm. So um, we can do that. Feelings are, are good stuff. I, I, I talk about feelings all day. So <laughs> I tell, tell folks all day, it's a GPS system. How do you think we came up with GPS systems? That's exactly what your feelings are. They're GPS system telling you which direction you need to go um, and which way you need to make some changes. But at the end of the day, that's all they are, too, is feeling hmm. they won't take you out and you get to control them by what you think. Hmm. Yeah. So so let's say like as an entrepreneur or I'm, you know, wanting to get to a different level in my career or whatever it is that um, a lot of times like my way of getting gaining clarity on what's holding me back from that next level of success is probably like tied to something that I'm feeling when I think about that. So like, if I'm thinking like, okay, I want to, I want to go out and acquire a new business or like, you know, expand my business. Um, but then like 
the doubt comes in or, or something like that. It's, it's a window into something else completely and has really nothing to do with whatever it is that you're thinking about. Right. Is that yeah. kind of what you're saying? Yes. And, and, and that's where those stories of the difficult things that we've been through can be really helpful, especially if you're an entrepreneur, because what you can pull from those is that I, I felt this fear. I felt this doubt. I felt this thing before. I've already felt that. So I've already navigated that feeling and I got past it. So, and I tell clients this often, what feeling are you going to feel at this point in your life that you haven't already felt? Like there's no, by the time you've reached a certain age, uh, after you've experienced at least a loss in your life, you've at that point experienced most of the feelings. Intensity will change maybe a little bit over the years, depending upon what happens but there's no new feeling hmm. that you're going to feel. So if you felt fear before, you know what that feels like. And you know, in order to get through it, you just keep moving and go right through it. So as an entrepreneur, I mean, and you know, as entrepreneurs, that is the choice you literally have to make every single day. Mm-hmm. I don't know how to do this. I'm fearful of how to do it, but I'm going to move right through. I'm just going to keep going. I'm going to keep moving forward and as you move forward, the wonderful thing about fear is like right on the other side is all the good stuff. Mm. <laughs> all the good stuff's on the other side, exhilaration, joy, all that good stuff. So you, just, yeah. you just keep moving. Well, and you've you've done that, right? I mean, we've talked about how like you um, had to navigate at a very young age, just, uh, you know, this diagnosis with your husband and then what that was like, you know. Um, going through all the treatments and being by his side through all of those things. And and, and at the same time, you know, uh, building your business and your career and, and where you are today and what you've done. And so um, I, it's interesting to me or what I would be interested in is like how you obviously had moments of doubt, you've had moments of fear, you had moments of, of stuff, but like at the very beginning, right? Like you, you didn't have a picture of where you would be today right? You didn't, you didn't know what it was going to look like, but you made micro decisions along the way that led to where you are now. And so like, I guess my question is, is like, did you expect to, to be where you're at, um, today back then? Um, and, and what was kind of the process of how at every stage you just sort of, you not only kept pushing through, but like, it just seemed to keep building, right? Like, um, it's just, it's just so interesting to me that like most of the time when people reach a certain level of success, a lot of times they look back and it's just kind of like, I had no idea this was what my life could be like. I couldn't even have pictured it like this, but I, I stayed true to like this one thing or these couple of things. And by staying true to that, here's how I ended up here. Yeah. Yeah. And I think you're so right. If someone would have told me that this would be my life today, there's no way I would have believed that. I mean, I, I couldn't I couldn't see that at all. And I had so many different visions of what it was going to look like. I mean, being a doctor was one that was pretty solid, but how my family would look, you know, where I would be at certain stages, I had uh, various visions of that and it kept morphing. And, and I think it was important that I was able to, number one, adjust. So I think if, if you're going to accomplish anything, you have to be flexible. You set the plan, but you have no idea of the how. Hmm. And, and, and so you have to be able to adjust as 
you're making your way to the how. So one of the things that I, I think I was able to do, and at the time I didn't know fully consciously that's what I was doing, is I was always uh, pretty good about saying, I'm going to do, okay, what's the next the next best thing? Hmm. So when, when you get lost out there because everything is in turmoil and you really can't see the end, you have to say, well, what's the next best thing? So sometimes that was just go to sleep. <laughs> Start all over tomorrow. Uh, some days it was just get up, go to class, get up, go see these clients, get up, go take care of your daughter, take her to school. Just what's the next uh, best thing? Because it's all those little small things, those little micro decisions that will get you to the end where you can look back and say, oh, I, I did accomplish that. I, I did become, you know, the entrepreneur, the doctor, whatever it is that you're setting out to do. But it is important that you make a decision. Um, you make a decision to just do the next best thing with the end goal in mind, uh, mm. despite what's going to happen. Because none of us know that, you know, when we make a decision about what we want to do, who we want to become, you have no idea what life is going to throw at you because right. we are in this world with other people that have their own stories happening simultaneously. And so sometimes you need to be the supporting actress and someone else's story for a little bit of their their uh, movie. And then there are other times where now you're, we're back to you, the main character. So it has to, um, you have to be flexible in that um, and, and express the emotions where you need to. That doesn't mean for anybody, and I'm a psychiatrist, so I tell everybody, that doesn't mean you're not going to cry along the way, scream along the way, pout, tantrum. <laughs> I mean, bargain with God, whatever it is. We're <laughs> going to do that. Um, but just know that continuing to just move forward, just move forward with that same end in mind of how you want it to turn out. If you just do that, you'll still get get to the end outcome. It just may not look exactly like you planned it out. Probably better. That's the thing. If you do it, it'll look better than you planned it out. Yeah. Because you can't even imagine it all sometimes. And I feel like what's so cool in, in watching this too, and, and you could probably speak to this is like the there's this idea of, of happiness, right? And, and wanting to live the happy life, right? The, the pursuit of happiness. Um, and, uh, and a lot of times people think that financial freedom is what's going to bring them happiness or, or success in some area of their life. And they, they get to the other side of that, right? They, they drive for it, they achieve it. And then they're not happy because they haven't, they haven't been writing the story in other areas of their life that would make them happy, or they're still running through those negative stories in their minds. Um, could you speak a little bit to kind of that process and, and what that looks like? Yeah. For people? Yeah. So true. And that's, that's so common. I, I see that a lot where people have reached a certain um, financial goal or accomplishment, but they are very unhappy um, because the other areas of their life don't have enough depth. So the relationships, their spirituality, those other pieces of ourselves that also require growth, that also have a story uh, in a story that are happening. Um, so it's important to, you know, keep in mind when you're, you're thinking of how you want things to be, you know, that you look at all aspects of, of you as a person. So fin financially being free is one aspect of having, you know, a good life. Relationships are a huge aspect 
that sometimes get put on the back burner. Your relationship, not only with other people, but the relationship you have with yourself, the relationship you have with your creator. Uh, what do you think about that? All of those pieces have to have their own uh, journey for us to reach a point in place in our lives where we say, hey, I'm satisfied. I'm happy uh, with the outcome of that. And, and so all of them are going to undergo some trials and, and tribulation um, before we'll reach that ultimate in space where, where we're pleased. And so I think that that's where um, I, a lot of folks that I see, of course, that'll come see me, they've, they've done the financial piece. That part mm. wasn't um, so difficult. It's all the other stuff. Um, because in trying to go after their financial goals, they took all the faulty thinking with them. And so all of the faulty thinking is still playing out in all the other areas of their life. Hmm. So, um, so we've talked about how, uh, we're, we're on a quest, right? That's kind of the, that's the plot line of, of people, uh, because our story doesn't end when we overcome the monster or the rags to riches, right? Where you reach that level of financial success. Like that's not the end of the story, which is why a lot of times we come out to the other side and we're like, I thought that was the end of the story. Now I just get to, I just get to enjoy it. Right. But it's not because, because you, you have this overarching thing. And so, um, so you've, you've achieved a level of success in your life. You've built amazing business. You've helped thousands of people, um, from celebrities to public figures to, you know, people like me, like whatever it is in between. Um, but you're, but that's, that's the, that's one chapter, right? And so now you're, you're kind of working into the next chapter of, of what you're doing and how you want to help people on even a, a grander scale. So um, can you tell me a little bit of what your vision is and, and what you've been doing and where you're going with that? Yeah, yeah. You know, th this part of building the businesses and growing, growing the companies where we service all these clients, you know, that wasn't even something that I, I, I knew um, at the end of the day would be... Um, be the next chapter, but but once you find yourself in that chapter, then what happens in successful uh, endeavors is that you realize, okay, well, I, I have to reinvent myself. I have to figure out ways where what I've learned over these years continues to impact people. So for myself, I've been seeing lots of clients over the years one-on-one and now I'm moving and transitioning into talking to more people at a time, having a, um, a greater impact on larger numbers of people doing speaking engagements, um, you know, writing uh, books, uh, being able to, you know, have basically me talking to more people at, at, at a clip. And, yeah. and I think that everybody will probably be faced with that if they're climbing that success path because you realize okay i have to work smarter not harder <laughs> i have to be able to deliver this same thing that has value but to more people um in a faster in a faster way so that's where i am now and it's been exciting because now getting into writing um definitely speaking um and it's been exciting a whole a whole brand new chapter again that if someone says hey that's part of being a doctor what is it? When they didn't tell us that in medical school, nobody nobody <laughs> told me you could write write books and talk to, talk on podcasts and and the things right. that I'm doing. Um, but it keeps it interesting and it keeps me passionate about wanting to to help people. So I'm excited about all the, all the next phases of the next chapters of this.
Awesome. Um, so just a couple more questions for you here as we sort of round out our time together. Um, you know, this podcast is really focused on helping people to understand their story, which is their brand. Um, and the idea is, you know, to, to elevate your brand and accelerate your journey to success, right? And so uh, we can only really do that once we understand our story and the story that we're on. But um, you know, you've had, uh, some success in, in building your personal brand and how that's helped you grow your business. I mean, you've been a subject matter expert and, and invited on, you know, to, to, uh, news stations and things like that. So, um, can you kind of share with our audience a little bit, who's thinking about building a personal brand or in the process of doing that, how that's contributed to your success or the growth of your success to that next level as well? Um, you know, what, I, what I'll say for anybody um, that is trying to kind of step out there and, and do that, and, and it's so appropriate, of course, what you have been sharing, your story is it. That's what makes you the person that the world wants or needs. You know, I in psychiatry, I could be very closed off. Sometimes we're even trying to not be as personal to not share my personal story with people, but it is my personal story, my personal insights that helped me to do what I do, that helped me to continue to, you know, know what people may want or need because I know what I experienced. So using using your story to brand yourself, I mean that's really what separates you from everybody else. It, it that's it. That that's the unique piece that I have that it's not like yours. Your story is different from mine and everybody everybody's looking for somebody's story that will give them that spark to say, Hey, I can keep going. I could keep doing this or wow. They really have exactly what I'm looking for. Exactly what I need to improve my life. So, um, and I will say even for myself, being transparent hmm. about your story and telling your story is not easy. So you have to do the work to process your story if it's a difficult one, but, um, that's it. That, I mean, that that's really the, the freedom. That's what really kind of catapults your business. Once I started talking about who I was to patients, that's what catapulted my business hmm. because I was relatable to them now. That's I wasn't awesome. somebody who was born with an MD and, you know, <laughs> money in the bank. That that doesn't happen. That doesn't exist. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, so once they realize it, wow, it was a journey. Oh, so that means you do understand my pain. You do understand uh, hard days. You do get it. Uh, and that that's what took the brand uh, to a different level. I love that you said that because um, it just reminded me how much I talk about like, if, if you're not writing your story, somebody else is writing it for you. So if, if you didn't, <laughs> if you didn't tell your patients what your story was, they're walking in with a story about you already, like that you were born that's with so your MD, that you like, that's so, so interesting. True. Yeah. That's so true, Zach. It's so funny. I saw a patient of mine in the library. I took my son, my son's eight, and I took my son to the library. And we were in the library and I saw one of my patients and she's like standing there for a minute. And I said, oh, hi, how are you? She says, oh my gosh, you're like a real person. You're at the library with your son. <laughs> and I said, so you've been seeing me for eight years. Did you think that I lived behind the desk? <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know but, but that's exactly what you're saying. She has a narrative of like, that I the I'm not a person, and then she sees me like, oh, I'm a real person. Exactly, I'm a real person that just went to school yeah. <laughs> and, and went through some things. But but me being uh, real and authentic, uh, 
is what helps people heal. And, and that's the same whether you're a doctor or not. Um, your authentic self, your authentic story is what heals people. That, that's how we're a people from that storytelling, like you were talking about from ages and ages ago. That's how we have healed and become better people by continuing to share our authentic stories uh, with others. I love that. Well, thank you. Um, and so the last thing, and I ask everybody this question and to kind of summarize everything, if there's, um, if there's just like one piece of advice that you would give to our, our listeners today or the people watching this on YouTube or whatever, like what would be that one thing that they could take away and start doing today to help, you know, put them on that trajectory of being in control of their story? Um, I would say just move, just move, do it scared. You know, don't wait for the moment where when I feel this, when I get the money, this, when I, when I, when I do it now, do it scared, do it until you don't feel the feeling anymore that's keeping you from doing it. Um, because that that moment doesn't come until you just keep going. You just have to make that decision to just move, do it and keep going. I love that. That's great advice. Um, well, listen, Dr. Crystal, thank you so much for sharing your wisdom with me today and, and anybody listening. Um, I really appreciated it. And uh, it's just amazing to see the story that you've written so far. And I'm excited to see uh, what that story is going to look like moving forward. So thanks so much for being on here today. Thank you so much for having me, Zach. It's been, it's been great. I, I enjoy just having good conversation with people and it's been good conversation. So thank you. Yeah, absolutely. And thank all of you for listening today. Um, as always, if you found this helpful or some valuable information, please like, subscribe, share this with friends, family, anybody that you think uh, would benefit from knowing that they can be in control of their story uh, to reach that level of success, however they define it in their lives. So until next time, keep elevating and accelerating. Cheers.